Good morning. Good Shabbos, everybody. Inviting all of you to open up your Chumashim this morning's wisdom. This morning is on page 567. This morning's reading is 567. That works. 567. Verse 22. 567, verse 22. This morning, we finished the second of the five books of Moshe, second of the five books of Moses, which is called Exodus, or Shemot. The majority of the book, or I should say the last five parshiot, five pieces of the, of the book of Exodus, the last latter third of the parsh, is concerned with the building of the tabernacle, the portable, powerful, portal for divine communication in the desert. A full five portions dedicated to the detailed description of each and every piece that went into the tabernacle. Not only the volunteering of various materials, many of which we wonder to ourselves when we read the year in and year out, where did these come from in the desert of Sinai? dolphin skins and oak trees and cedar trees wonderful amazing but this portable portal for divine communication had in it all the vessels and the vestments for the service in the ancient israelite religion all the things that had to go were placed in that tabernacle and the Torah in Parshat Titzaveh, a number of parshiot ago, a number of portions ago, described the vestments and the garments of the priests that were to serve in that place. The garments made the man, literally. The garments that the priest wore were what conferred kuna priesthood on them. When they didn't wear them, ain't kuna alehem, they were not kohanim. When they wore the vestments, they were kohanim. When they weren't, they were not. And the Kohen Gadol, the great Kohen, the Kohen who is the Groisa, the Gesunta, the big Kohen, the big Kohuna, Kohana, Kohana. That big Kohena was vested with eight unique garments. Eight unique garments. Some of you might be familiar with them. He wore a beautiful, I mean, Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent, I mean, beautiful sky blue vest. And on the vest, right, there would be ritual objects. There was the Urim Vitumim, that kind of Ouija board. Remember that? The stones, the 12 stones of the Israelites, when they had a question, they would come to the Urim Vitumim. They'd come to this strange, manic device that would give them information about what they needed, right? He also wore 12 stones, each one representing one of the 12 tribes on his shoulders. Lots of stones. Very rhinestone cowboy. Very beautiful. And there was a unique feature on one of his garments that we spoke about uh, a number of years ago and because my dear friend and colleague and teacher Rabbi Jill Hammer spoke about it this week in her Parsha teaching for the Academy for Jewish Religion and she so beautifully captured without knowing I mean she just came to it herself but it was basically a teaching from a Hasidic Rebbe that I'll share with you in a moment I wanted to share it with all of you we spoke about a unique feature of the garment of the high priest which was called Rimonim and Pa'amonim. Can you all say that? Rimonim, Rimonim, Pa'amonim. Pa'am. What's a Rimon? A pomegranate. 
And what is a pa'amon? Gana pa'amon. The garden of the bell. Right? Independence bell. There's a facsimile of it in Jerusalem. Some of you might have been there. It's a kind of facsimile of the independence bell. It's called Gana pa'amon. The garden of the bell. Pa'amon. Funny where that word pa'amon comes from, right? It comes from the word pa'am. What does pa'am mean? One moment. A pa'amon is a moment device. Right? It rings a moment. Pa'am. So, Let's, what are those two words again? Rimo and Pa'amo. I love it. It sounds great, right? So where did, where did these pomegranates and, and bells come into play? So the Torah will tell us, look in, look in the Chumash on page 567. 567. Verse 22. Now the robe for the ephod, meaning the robe, the, the vestment, the me'il, which was this kind of vest was made of woven work of pure blue kliel techelet ufi hameil betochok ifiatachra the opening of the robe in the middle of it was like the opening of a coat of mail with a binding around the opening so that it would not tear so it's kind of very detailed right descriptions for the Lord and the tailor right right there make sure that the opening is strong it's nothing can tear now here it gets interesting, right? On the hem of the robe made pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson yards, yarns twisted. These must have been stunning, right? These little pomegranates, everybody see, like, little, like these. See these? See this beautiful little pomegranate here? Made up of twisted yarn, different colors. That's stunning, right? Now it goes on. Vayasu... Verse 25, they also made bells of pure gold. And let these pa'amonim, these golden bells, be within the rimonim, within the pomegranates. Oh, inside the hem of the robe between the pomegranates. Now verse 26 and we'll come in for a landing. Pa'amon v'rimon, pa'amon v'rimon. Even the words sound like a pa'amon. Like a, um, it has meter to it, rhythm, right? Pa'amon v'rimon, pa'amon v'rimon, pa'amon v'rimon. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate. They should surround the hem of the robe as God has commanded. Now, coming as it does in this Parsha, which repeats many of the things that were already in an earlier Parsha. You get more information if you look at the original place in Parshat Titzaveh, where we're told about this robe. Again, this is a repetition of that, of that earlier command. And there it says something interesting. And here's where we're going to pick up on Reb Jill's Torah and on the Torah of this Hasidish Rebbe, whom I'll introduce in a moment. And then we'll come in for application, okay? Our lives. There, when first told about the pamon virimon, pamon virimon, the bell and the pomegranate, the bell and the pomegranate, we're told v'nishma kolo bivo kodesh uvitseso. We're told this phrase v'nishma kolo bivo kodesh. Can everybody say that v'nishma kolo bivo el hakodesh. Vinishma, the word Vinishma appears only three times in the whole Bible. 
One time it says, Naseve Nishma. We will do and we will Nishma and we will hear. Here, where it says, Vinishma. And so the sound of something will be heard by someone. The sound of the bell will be heard by someone. And one other place in the book of Esther. So who is the object or the subject of that action? Who is intended to hear the bell? Is it God or the priest? So here's where the Ishbitzer Rebbe, the Hasidish Rebbe I alluded to, the school of Ishbitz, which is the most profound, mystical school of all Hasidic thought. This is the son of the original Ishbitzer Rebbe. His name was Mordechai Yosef, the original one. His son is called Jacob Lehner of Ishbitz, small town in Poland. And here, listen to what he says, because it's really like me, you, us, and Reb Jill pointed to this. Can I read in Hebrew a little bit so you guys can, we'll just, I'll translate it quickly. Is that okay? I don't want to lose anybody, okay? Pamon hu davar chalul umorim al bechina shem havaya umiramez al machshavot avosh adam yodea shechalul hu ve'en bo shum koach v'havaya klal hein b'masa, hein b'chokma, hein b'machshava v'chol asher yaseh bo hu rak mehashem yizbarach ha'poel zot b'kir bo v'ze moreh pamon ma shemenase atzmo l'hashem yizbarach He said the Pamon and the Ramon are dichotomously different. We're talking about two objects that represent and symbolize two fundamentally different energies, 180 degrees one from the other. In order for a bell to work, it has to be empty. If the bell is full, it won't ring. The Ramon, the pomegranate, is exactly the opposite. Rimonim are full. The Talmud goes, to, goes so far as to say, You Jewish people, it says in the Talmud, even when you're empty, you're full of good deeds, like a pomegranate. Pomegranate fertility, fecundity. So many seeds, even the rabbis who, believe it or not, had enough time to count the number of pomegranate seeds and said, there are 613 pomegranate seeds. I doubt that highly, but there are a whole lot of pomegranate seeds. The pomegranate represents not emptiness, but everybody with me here, fullness. Says Reb Jill Hammer beautifully, if you go to the Tibetan Museum, if you go to the Rubin Museum as she did, you'll find the most, one of the holiest symbols of Buddhism called the Vajra, the, the, the bell. And the bell, the Vajra is the part of the bell that is the straight piece and it screws into the bottom, which is the empty piece. Each piece representing another part. One representing receptivity and openness, the other representing action and forward motion. The Ishbitzer Rebbe says here, let me begin by saying every bell, the bell represents here in this moment the emptiness of a human being who feels, and he raises it up, that their actions, all of their actions, come not from ego, but from God. From a place of emptiness, meaning, what are the causes to the effects of my life? Am I really the author, the master? Emptiness would have us reside in a certain giving to God, as it were, lifting ourselves up to God and saying, we're empty. Not empty meaning worthless, but empty meaning what can we do? Me'anu, me'chayenu, me'chasdenu, what can we do? Meaning we rest in the mystery that is the mystery of who is really the actor, the actress, the one who behaves. 
And in that moment when we give it to God, which is the language usually used, or we surrender to the suchness, the emptiness, that's the bell. And then he says, there's the pa'amon. There, the rimon, rather. Then there's the pomegranate. What is the pomegranate? Rimonim, he says, are full. Here's an amazing, listen to this. Says the Kohen Gadol is a big shot. He's a big kahuna. And the Kohen Gadol, the one who enters into the Holy of Holies, the one who sits in the most powerful office in the land. Think about that image. The one who sits in the most powerful office in the land, in the Holy of Holies, the only one who can enter, the only one who has the codes, the only one who is given permission to enter. That leader needs both of these qualities, both the bell and the pomegranate. He needs the bell because he must remember that he is empty. That he or she enters the holy at the behest of others their power is source and rooted in something other than their own ego, their own self. And they have to come in and be empty. And then he says something crazy. He says, and because of that emptiness, there's a possibility that the person will become so absorbed in God that they won't be there in the Holy of Holies. Meaning, the person becomes so transparent to the love of the source that it's as if they aren't there. There's no ego. There's no I. Look who thinks he's nothing. And then the Ramon comes. The pomegranate seeds come back to remind the Kohen Gadol that even as he's emptied himself of his ego, that he's nothing, he's nothing, she's nothing, that they have power to act and to be in the world and to make a difference. It's not all God. It's God and humans partnering together. And together, he says, that is the meaning of let it be heard. Not be heard to God. God doesn't need to hear it but the listening, the hearing of the leader themselves who can hear and be reminded at the moment where they are giving themselves completely away, they remember the bell. The bell wakes them up and says, Ben Adam, you are both empty and full. You have both of these responsibilities, to be empty of ego and full in your awareness of the power that you do have to make a difference. And one without the other, says the Ishbitzer, is very dangerous. Those who are Rimonim-like, the pomegranates amongst us, think that everything is in our hands to do. Everything is up to me. I can change everything and anything. Just give it to me and I'll do it. If there's only enough time, enough money, I'll do it. And along comes an illness or a situation that is beyond our control. And we throw our hands up and say, I'm a bell. I'm empty. I have no recourse, but I put myself in your dear hands, God. I can't figure it out on my own. I, you know, is anybody here hear the prayer of Reinhold Niebuhr of God grant us the serenity prayer, right? The wisdom to know the difference between the things that we can change, Ramon, pomegranate, the things that we can't, the bell and holding both of those. So the Kohen Gadol, the big kahuna, walked around with a mindfulness device around his garment. Like the story of the Hasidic Rebbe, who had two pockets and two little notes. And in one note it said, Anochi afar ve'efer, I am nothing, just dust. And in the other one it said, Bishvili ni the whole world was built just for me. 
Well, which one is it? Yes. Which one is it? Yes. Both. We walk on the razor's edge of that reality. And any given moment, we breathe in with our pomegranate and we exhale with our bell. What do you think? So this morning, I'd like to call forward for the first Aliyah, the group Aliyah. This reading is, um, is to, to hold the pomegranate and the bell, to wake up to what we can't control and to take responsibility for what we can. And in that way, we enter the Holy of Holies at every moment with that decision-making. We become the high priest, the high priestess. Please come forward for the pomegranate and the bell this morning, if that speaks to you. That we might hear it as we enter our day-to-day, moment-to-moment life with awareness, with humility, and with responsibility.